You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. Today's show is loaded up with Tennessee football talk, big news for Tennessee's basketball program. I'll get to that here on today's show. Plus, you will hear from Tennessee wide receiver Josh Palmer talking about some work he's done off the field here recently and how that might help him as a player on the field. All of that right here on Locked On Vols, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you are already subscribed. If you are not, you can find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Himalaya. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find Locked On Vols here five days a week covering what's going on with Tennessee. So here in segment number one, I will begin with Tennessee football as hype continues to surround Tennessee, relatively speaking. We're not talking about Tennessee being discussed as an SEC championship favorite or contender really going in, but you can find some buzz around Tennessee's program when you look around the country. The latest example would be from Matt Hinton. He is a longtime college football writer, a guy who I have respected a lot, and he put out his ranking of the 130 college football teams. And the top of his ranking looks as you would expect. Alabama's number one, Clemson is number two, Georgia's number three, then Ohio State and Oklahoma. Those five schools are the same five teams that we're in the top five of the coaches poll that came out last week. So no real surprise there. Then you have some other teams like Florida at number nine. Okay, makes sense. LSU is seven and Michigan is eight. Tennessee is number 21 in Matt Hinton's ranking of all 130 FBS college football teams, which is right in line with where the S&P Plus numbers have Tennessee. That's Bill Conley's ranking. Tennessee is number 21 there. Tennessee is number 15, remember, in the ESPN FPI. So there are a number of formulas, systems, whatever, that have Tennessee as a top 25 team. Now, that does not necessarily mean Tennessee is going to go 8-4 and four or 9-3 and three this year. It could mean that Tennessee has a shot to do that. But I looked at Matt Hinton's numbers, and he pointed out, by the way, that his numbers seem to like Tennessee more than the consensus. He said that about Baylor and Minnesota as well. Minnesota is his pick to win the Big Ten West. Pretty much everybody besides Illinois is being talked about as a contender in the Big Ten West. But getting back to Tennessee, I then looked at the schedule and what the numbers say from Matt Hinton. So game by game, Matt has Tennessee beating Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga, UAB, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Tennessee has three losses kind of locked in against Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. That leaves three games as kind of toss-up games. Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Missouri. And if that is the case, go back through those numbers. There are six games listed as wins right now by the numbers for Matt Hinton. Then you have three games that are kind of in toss-up mode. If Tennessee can manage to go 2-1 and one in those three games against Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Missouri. Two of them are at home, by the way. Well, that puts Tennessee at 8-4. and four. That probably would, considering Tennessee plays a difficult schedule. That would probably have Tennessee in the top 25 at the end of the season. That would be quite an accomplishment for a team that has only won nine games heading into this year and went 5-7 and seven with six losses by 25 or more points last season. As a Tennessee fan, I would think... 
you would probably take that. So those numbers for Matt kind of stood out to me. I'll share a link if you want to check out more of the information, the data yourself in the show notes. Just click the link there. And again, it does match up somewhat similarly to what the ESPN FPI, the Football Power Index, and what the S&P Plus have. The win-loss part might end up being somewhere in between. The win projection from the Football Power Index has Tennessee at 7.6 wins. The S&P Plus has Tennessee at 6.5. Put it in the middle and maybe Tennessee comes out at about 7-5, and five, which would not be a great season, would not be one that you raise up banners for. But it would be a season that would be a step in the right direction for Tennessee. And again, if things break your way, maybe Tennessee is able to get through to an 8-4 and four record, which would be quite an accomplishment for Tennessee. That would make a big difference, I think, on the recruiting trail. And that could springboard Tennessee into a 2020 season with legitimate hype, with Tennessee at least being talked about as a potential SEC East contender. Because ultimately... That's the goal for Tennessee, right? To get there, to make a jump. This year may not be that year. It's realistically going to be Georgia winning the SEC East. Florida could do it. Missouri right now is not even eligible. But next year, maybe the conversation can change if a lot of these young players start to emerge. If Jarrett Garantano takes another big step and then comes back for his senior year in 2020, and if Tennessee can get some things established along the offensive and defensive lines. Because if Tennessee can be better up front this year, Well, you bring back so many of those players, Tennessee should be even better up front in the 2020 season. Perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit with that conversation, but I do think this is supposed to be some kind of gateway year for Tennessee's football program to be able to take an even bigger step next year. If Tennessee goes 7-5 and this upcoming season, I don't think the talk next summer from Tennessee fans is going to be, hey, can we go 7-5 and five again? Tennessee's going to want to make another jump. So check out those numbers for yourself if you like to. But Matt Hinton, longtime college football writer, has Tennessee as the number 21 team in the country. And keep in mind, while Tennessee is there, a lot of its opponents are pretty well thought of as well. Alabama's number one. Georgia's number three. Florida's number nine. Mississippi State, which is Tennessee's opponent there in the middle of October, is number 19. South Carolina is number 23, and Missouri is number 25. It would make sense that Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Missouri are really swing games, toss-up games for Tennessee because they're not. there's not a big difference in number 19, number 21, number 23, and number 25. The difference at the end of the season will be which team won more of those games than they lost. That's really what will decide where those teams are ranked at the beginning of the year. Right now, we wait to see these teams play, and that's the whole purpose. We talk about it now, and then they play the games, and then we reevaluate coming up in three or four months, or at least we make excuses for all the picks we got wrong. That's part of the process as well. So check out those numbers for yourself. I find it really interesting. I hope you do as well. And maybe before the start of the season, I'll try to compile what all of these numbers say about Tennessee And we can use that to gauge what the consensus opinion is for Tennessee's football team. My guess is that it's probably going to be somewhere right around the Vegas number. Six and a half, seven wins, so seven and five for Tennessee. That's what I'm guessing I'm going to come up with in three weeks, maybe when I do that. 
But uh, interesting stuff. Tennessee number 21 in the ranking from Matt Hinton. Coming up next, big news for Tennessee's basketball team. The Vols land a major commitment in the 2020 class. I'll tell you about him coming up next. And Grant Ramey of GoVols247.com will stop by the show to share his opinion. That's coming up right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And with football season being here, it's fantasy football time. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked On Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. If you do, then you're the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tennessee received a commitment from shooting guard Keon Johnson on Tuesday evening. He is the number one ranked player in the state of Tennessee out of the Nashville area. Keon made his commitment to Tennessee over Ohio State. Virginia had been one of his three finalists. He narrowed it down to Tennessee and Ohio State before his announcement on Tuesday. Johnson joins Corey Walker in the 2020 class. So Tennessee has two of the top 30 to 50 players in the country with several other highly touted players still considering Tennessee. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. But it's big news for Tennessee to land Keon Johnson, top player in the state and a player at an important position that the Vols will be having to replace a year from now, heading into the 2020 21 season. So joining me now to talk about it is Grant Ramey. He covers Tennessee basketball for GoVols247.com. He was at the announcement on Tuesday evening. Grant, thanks for the time. What's the significance here, would you say, of Tennessee landing Keon Johnson in the 2020 class? Uh, it's huge. Uh, this is a this isn't a really elite basketball player. Uh, anytime you land the number one player in the state, uh, that's a big deal. When you when you land a, a an athlete of this caliber, uh, he's a really good two-way guard. He's as good defensively as he is offensively. Uh, his recruitment, just kind of the progress, how he's built his game, he's just kind of been on this steady climb uh, for the last couple of years. And he's not only a four-star, uh, he's a really highly rated four-star. He's the third highest rated four-star in the 24-7 sports uh, database. He's three spots away from uh, a five-star ranking. And then it seems like his stock just keeps rising. So uh, the number 27 overall player in the class, uh, the number one player in the state, like I talked about, it's just, it's a huge thing for Tennessee basketball. And Tennessee knows that it will have to replace Jordan Bowden and Lamonte Turner after this season. This has to help with that, but that that's part of the thinking here, wouldn't you say, Grant, is that Tennessee knows it will have somebody the caliber of Keon Johnson to help with that transition in the 2020-21 season. For sure, and I'm sure that's 100% uh, what they've been selling him for the last, you know, who knows how long that – uh, not only are you coming into a program that's won a lot of basketball games uh, over the last two seasons, you're coming into a basketball program uh, where there is a vacancy for your spot and you can step in, you can start from day one, uh, you know, if you earn that or whatever, uh, and really take over from there. And he's a guy that uh, he's got plenty of talent. He's a future first-round pick in the NBA draft whenever he declares. 
so the stage is set for him, and it's a, it's a huge move for Tennessee basketball, and it's it's kind of a sign of the times. They already have Corey Walker, the four-star uh, small forward out of Jacksonville. He committed back in March. He's still in the class. He's ranked. He's another top 50 player. So uh, combining those two talents uh, in the same class, uh, it's huge for Tennessee and Rick Barnes. Yeah, and Grant, you've been covering Tennessee basketball for several years now. How have you seen the recruiting evolve under Rick Barnes and his coaching staff, especially over the last couple of years? It is kind of crazy. You look at you look at Keon Johnson. He's number twenty-seven. Uh, they have Corey Walker. We just mentioned he's number forty-seven, I think, in the class. Uh, they're they're in the top five, final five schools for Jaden Springer. He's a five-star uh, shooting guard, one of the uh, you know one of the elite players in the country. I think he's number fourteen. Uh, they're in the top five for P.J. Hall. He's a four-star small forward out of South Carolina. He's number 70 in the class. Uh, they're in it. You know, they've already got two commitments from two of those guys. Now they're in it for two more. Uh, you, you would take any of those guys by themselves, and it would be a huge recruiting class in the past if Tennessee landed any of those guys. And now not only do they have two of them in the boat, you know, they're still working like crazy to get more people in this class, more uh, elite talent. So it's, it's, it's definitely evolved. A ton. You go back to that 2016 class, Grant Williams, uh, Jordan Bowden, Jordan Bone, Rick Lawrence talked a ton about how this is going to lay the foundation uh, for the program. That obviously happened on the floor with the amount of success that that uh, group had. Uh, and now you look at these guys and kind of how they've kind of upped, upped the ante a little bit when you're talking about what kind of player they're going after on recruiting trails. They're not settling for three-star guys across the board. They're really swinging after uh, some really highly rated guys, and they're starting to get them. And, and I think it's because they've uh, they've been after these guys for two, three years. They've played the long game with guys like Josiah Jordan James uh, and now Keon Johnson and, and Corey Walker. They've been after them for a while, and it's paying off. Yeah, isn't it funny, Grant, that that foundation class, which really is what it's turned out to be for the program, but the success of an unheralded players has given Tennessee such a really good chance, now they've done it, but of landing highly touted players like James, Walker, Johnson, and an unheralded class has put them – in position with so many very highly touted players. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, what's helping them a ton right now in recruiting is they can point at Grant Williams and say this kid was the number 191 player in the country and he was going to go to an Ivy League school and play Ivy League basketball and we plucked him out of Charlotte, North Carolina and brought him here and turned him into a first-round draft pick in the NBA, a guy that signed a, you know, whatever it was, an $11 million contract or uh, whatever his rookie deal was worth, or Admiral Schofield, I think he was ranked number 252. Uh, they turned him into a, uh, the number 42 overall pick in the draft. Uh, you can get Jordan Bone, too. He wasn't the top-rated player in the state by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, he was close to 170, something like that, something in that range, and they turned him into a draft pick. Kyle Alexander had only played two years of basketball when he got to Tennessee, and uh, he was a four-year starter. He was a staple in that starting lineup. He was a, you know, a rim protector, a guy that had, really had a presence on that defense and it turned into an NBA contract for him and he's getting his shot uh, with the Miami Heat so you can look at that kind of insane player development how they've taken these guys that uh, they saw what they could do with these guys they molded them they turned them into a really good basketball players and a really good basketball team now you're getting this higher rated talent these guys that have the five-star expectations and stuff like that and you're saying man can these guys live up to what came before them which is what you mentioned a bunch of unheralded guys that over the last two years, you know, won 57 games. That's never happened in Tennessee basketball. That's, that's the most they've ever won over that stretch. So uh, it's been crazy to watch how quickly it's happened and kind of where it's moving next. 
Hey, uh, Grant, one more thing before you go. Uh, a question about a, a current player. How important is the waiver process, how it plays out with Uros Plavsic, the transfer from Arizona State? I know Rick Barnes has expressed confidence that he will be given that waiver and be allowed to play immediately. How important is that, do you think, for Tennessee on the court this upcoming year? Yeah, I think it's extremely important because they had questions in the posts uh, when the offseason started. When you're losing a guy like Kyle Alexander, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, when you lose that kind of production, uh, that kind of veteran presence in the post. Uh, in the past, whenever Tennessee needed a bucket, obviously they're going to go to a guy like Grant Williams. Uh, if Grant wasn't there, they could go to a guy like Admiral to make something happen. They could even dump it down to Kyle Alexander. Or a lot of times Kyle would uh, fix plays for them on defense at the rim just by protecting the rim and, and changing somebody's shot. Uh, and that was, you know, you had all those questions at the start of the offseason. Then Derek Walker transfers to Nebraska. Then DJ Burns transfers to, goes home to Winthrop. So now you have to figure out kind of what's next. And, and if there is no U.S. US Blavich there eligible, uh, that's going to be a huge blow uh, to them down low. I think he's been impressive this summer. He's shown how much he can run, how much touch he has, how much finesse he has down low. And uh, like they say, you can't teach somebody to be seven feet like that kid is. So the way Rick Barnes talks about it, he sounds like there's no worry at all from their end that uh, the reason this waiver process exists uh, applies to somebody like Euros when he's trying to leave a school because coaching changes and trying to get closer to home and stuff like that. So it, it seems like a safe assumption that they're going to get it, but you never you never want to guess what the NCAA is going to do or, or when they're going to do it because uh, they kind of march to be their own drum. Yeah, you're right about that. Grant Ramey has you covered on what's going on with Tennessee. News like Keon Johnson committing to Tennessee and what's going on on the court as well. Follow him on Twitter at Grant Ramey. You can read his work, GoVols247.com. Grant, thanks as always for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Big thanks to Grant Ramey for stopping by the show to talk about big news for Tennessee basketball. The Vols landing a commitment from Keon Johnson, joining Corey Walker in the 2020 class. Coming up next in the final segment of Locked on Vols, I'll get back to football. You will hear from wide receiver Josh Palmer talking about an important trip he took just a few weeks ago as part of the Vol Leaders Program. Also, a note from practice on Tuesday and something that had me scratching my head a little bit when it comes to Tennessee's football team. I'll get to that next on Locked On Vols, your team every day. As I've told you, it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, so I need to tell you about Locked On NFL. The new Locked On NFL is on fire. Last week, it was one of the most listened to NFL shows with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, and it's hosted by Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. At Tennessee's Media Day on Sunday, I had a chance to talk to wide receiver Josh Palmer, who's getting a lot of attention and I would say deserves it. He's going to play an important role for Tennessee in the offense. He was Tennessee's most improved player during the spring. He has a chance to make a big jump entering his third year in Tennessee's football program. He also took a trip with several student-athletes from the University of Tennessee, including football players Cheyenne Labruza and Matthew Butler, a couple of defensive players, to Rwanda. It was part of the Vol Leaders program, and I had a chance to talk to Josh about the experience. Here's a minute and a half or so with Josh talking about that trip, why he went, and what he was able to take away from it. Uh, it was a great experience, a life-changing experience. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, one of the biggest lessons I learned was there was not one complaint in Rwanda. Um, they go out and they do what they love every day without a complaint. So that was great to see. 
What, what got you involved with Vol Leaders, and uh, why did you want to be involved with the, with the uh, the program? Um, leadership. Uh, it, they emphasize leadership a lot in that class, and teach us how to be better leaders in the community on our teams. So. When they got that group of athletes to come together, we learned a lot about each other, a lot about our qualities and how we could change lives. Yeah, and you, you, you're going over there to help, I'm guessing, right? But as you described, it sounds like you took lessons from your trip. Yeah. Is that is that right? I mean, what, what did you bring back from your experience there? Um, just going out every day without complaining and just doing what you love to do. How important is it to you to get a full experience here? Is that something that you also look to take from this experience at UT, not just football, but kind of the life experience and growth that you can find as well? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we're not just athletes. Um, we are students as well, and we, lo- and we would like to gain the full experience of college. And with Vol Leaders, I was able to do that. Is that something you'll stay involved with? How does that work with the Vol Leaders program? Uh, so after this year, my group is finished, mm-hmm. and then next year it will be a whole different group of athletes. D- does it help you as a football player, that, that experience with football leaders? Yeah. Um, it teaches us how to be a leader, um, not, just in, not just being like a vocal leader or a leader by example, but different qualities and how to relate to other team members to get the best out of people. Tennessee wide receiver Josh Palmer, he is absolutely a player to pay attention to on the field, and he's a guy that's making the most of his opportunity off the field at the University of Tennessee. A really good story. I wish Tennessee would tell more of those stories or allow the media to tell more of those stories, but that's a conversation for another day. I appreciate Josh Palmer talking to me about it for a couple of minutes at Tennessee's Media Day this past weekend. And uh, again, Matthew Butler and Cheyenne LaBruza were two other football players who were on the trip along with other student athletes as part of that Vol Leaders program at Tennessee. A quick note for you from the practice field on Tuesday that I think stands out. Tennessee offensive lineman Nathan Niehaus was working out at right guard at least while the media was viewing. The media was able to see three periods of practice on Tuesday. That's somewhat significant because Niehaus had been working at right tackle. So up until Tuesday, it had appeared to be Marcus Tatum, Nathan Niehaus, and Darnell Wright working at right tackle. With Niehaus working at right guard, that allowed more of the work on the the right tackle spot to be between Marcus Tatum and Darnell Wright. Now, I will reiterate, the media does not see everything. So later in practice, Niehaus might have gotten some work at right tackle. I'm not saying he did not. But if Niehaus does get more work inside, that could mean a split between Tatum, the senior, and the highly touted true freshman, Darnell Wright, battling for that starting right tackle position. If I had to guess for the opener, Marcus Tatum is the starting right tackle for Tennessee. That is a guess right now with still three and a half weeks to go before the start of the season. But Wright, as the season goes along, is going to have a chance to be a starter even if it's not week one. If it is week one, if he is a starter against Georgia State, well, then at that point, pretty obviously, it becomes Wright's job to hold on to. But I do think that's of note. Nathan Niehaus, a fourth-year offensive lineman moving inside with some of the reps at practice on Tuesday, that could open up more of an opportunity for Darnell Wright, either over the next few weeks or as the season goes along, depending on how those veterans perform. It is a battle between older guys, like on the left side, Jameer Johnson, and then Wanya Morris, and then on the right side, Marcus Tatum, maybe Nathan Niehaus, 
and Darnell Wright. There's more depth along the offensive line. There's more size for Tennessee along the offensive line. Can it be a better offensive line? That is the question. And as I close out today's show, I close out with this question. I appreciate Austin bringing it to my attention. Uh, Matt Hetzler, who uh, on his uh, bio from his Twitter account is a contributor for Arena Fanatic and the College Football Talk podcast. I don't don't know Matt, uh, but he put out his top 15 offensive lines in college football for this upcoming season. Georgia's number one. No surprise, that offensive line is stacked. Oregon is number two, which might surprise some people, but Oregon has a big-time offensive line coming back this year under Mario Cristobal. Alabama's number three. Clemson's number four. Michigan is number five. No real surprises there. The big surprise probably comes in at number 15. Matt has Tennessee's offensive line as the number 15 offensive line in 2019. Austin tweeted it to me and asked for my thoughts here on the show and understandably wondered how anyone could come to this conclusion. I said at the time, my initial reaction is, I don't know, and I still don't know. I I think the potential is there for Tennessee's offensive line to be better, but right now we don't know about Trey Smith's status. That's for sure going to be important for Tennessee's offensive line to be able to reach its potential. We don't know what a couple of the true freshmen will be able to do, Wanya Morris and Darnell Wright, and then those veterans that I just named, as well as Brandon Kennedy coming back, Ryan Johnson, Jerome Carvin entering his second year, Riley Locklear, how do they perform? There are too many unknowns and too many big questions surrounding Tennessee's offensive line for me to say that Tennessee is anywhere near the top 15 offensive lines in the country. Right now, I don't know that I can say Tennessee is a top 10 offensive line in the SEC. It could potentially be that be even better than that. But right now, with all those questions, with so many unknowns around Tennessee's offensive line, having seen how the line performed last year, yeah, I can't say that. So uh, I'm not speaking for Matt's opinion. I don't know Matt, and he's obviously entitled to his, but I would not put Tennessee among the top 15 offensive lines in college football right now. They will have a chance to prove me wrong, and they are motivated to prove people wrong. But that's, I think, what they would need to do, prove people wrong to be anywhere close to that kind of ranking. If it works out that way, well, Tennessee's probably going to have a pretty good season, and Tennessee would have a chance to make a run at that 8-4 and record, or even better, maybe, if it has a top 15 offensive line in the country. Because if the offensive line is that good, quarterback play is going to be good, running backs, receivers, they're going to look good as well. Coming up on tomorrow's show, talk about Tennessee's roster. Is it more talented than maybe it's gotten some credit for? I'll get to that on the show. More Tennessee football talk reaction from Tennessee being on the practice field as Tennessee continues its work in fall camp. Continue to spread the word, download, subscribe, rate and review the show as well. If you're an Apple podcast listener, those ratings and reviews are a big help. Five-star reviews Always appreciated for sure. My name's Josh Ward. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vols.